0: Hello, hello, hey up, what's up, what's good, que cosa sucede? ni hao, welcome to the Any Given Runway show, I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green, Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual and artistic people in the world, everyone has a story, each person a scholar, we have a terrific show for you today as we bring back one of my favorite guests and fellow Aquarius, Adventurer Chelsea Yang returns to the show. Chelsea first appeared on Any Given Runway earlier in 2001 for episode 313. In that episode, she discussed her extraordinary endeavor of becoming skydive certified. It was a tremendous conversation and a fine example of someone using the extra time they had in the pandemic to seek out new adventurers. We wanted to bring back Chelsea to talk about another exciting part of her life, and that's her profound experiences as a solo traveler. In early 2020, Chelsea went on a month-long solo traveling endeavor in Asia, and on today's show, she chats about what prompted her to go on a trip by herself, how she planned her activities, and and Chelsea shares with us the things that she preferred as a soloist. I'm always energized every time Chelsea and I chat, for I learn a lot from her. I feel like I'm downloading all of her traveling wisdom, and I'm captivated by how her adventurous spirit has helped her blossom in so many ways over the last few years. Because of our familiarity with each other, our conversations do tend to get a little long. So today's episode is a two-parter. Today is episode 341, part two of a two-part conversation with Chelsea Yang on solo travels. Thrilled to have her back on the show. So let's go ahead and bring on my favorite Seattle representative and a fellow member of the February Birthday Club, Chelsea Yang, and let's learn. I think on my evolution of solo travel that I went from someone who didn't tell anybody about it, who was embarrassed about it, to then someone who then wrote a book and was proud about it. And who, when I would walk around places, I took pride in in being by myself, knowing that if you can survive in another country, by yourself, you can do anything. So I learned a lot about myself. So what did you learn? Were there things about yourself that you were surprised? What were some more parts of the evolution that did occur?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. if Well, okay, I have a couple things that come to mind. So to, to your point you just mentioned, I think that, if you can get around in a foreign country halfway across the world by yourself, you can do just about anything. Um, now again, I'd been on trips before where i had done all the planning or I was on a trip with, you know, a friend. So it wasn't completely foreign territory to me. I knew, I knew going into it, I was going to be okay. And I knew I was more than capable. I'm a very, um, like I said, I'm very independent. I'm great with getting around in other countries. I'm great at planning things out. So I knew that wouldn't be an issue. Um, but um, I would say that, you know, for anyone else listening, definitely um, make sure you do your research and you read, you know, articles, you read reviews, read blog posts and, and go on travel blogs and read things from other travelers firsthand because that um, that really is is so clutch in learning tricks and different things that you should know when you're going on these trips. Um, so that's just a side note. I would say that something that I did learn on this trip specifically that surprised me because this was the first time I went, I was like backpacking. So in previous trips, I've always traveled with, you know, traveled with luggage. You have a mm-hmm. suitcase. So this was the first time I was traveling with only a backpack on my back. And well, hold on went, though, what,
0: about, what did you do with wedding outfit?
1: uh it was it was packed in there oh it was pa-
0: okay oh wow all right this is impressive I, I
1: wore i wore sandals to the wedding i did not okay. wear heels cool. so that was a big yeah that was a big decision i thought you me. might have just not, left
0: it in australia it was like was a symbolic not, thing like i'm just gonna leave yeah. this and move on
1: yeah. well thankfully it's, that's australia's summer so yeah. i was i wasn't wearing anything okay. too okay. crazy and i also again i opted to not lug a pair of heels around with me okay. for a month so that was a great decision um but yeah, so so living out of a backpack was new to me. Um, you know, and I had to make sure that it was light enough as well, because I was doing so much traveling between the different islands and destinations I was going towards, and it's not easy getting around. I was taking multiple, you know not just uh, planes but boats or ferries, you know, taxis, vans, catching buses. it was a process to get around. so I knew I, I had to be really choosy with what I brought, Mm -hmm. but it was great. Um, it's funny looking back, I could have done with even way less, um, going on a a trip like that and having to really narrow down what you bring definitely helps you have a different view. I think of material possessions, you, you learn how to live without so many things that you sort of thought were impossible to live without, you know, whether that's clothes or shoes or, um, frivolous beauty products, hair tools, just that kind of dumb stuff that you worry about in everyday life. Um, It was, it was really liberating to not have to carry that stuff around. And it definitely, you realize how much more like flexibility and time you have without having to worry about those kind of materialistic things. I think I had like maybe four outfits and, you know, I just had sneakers and sandals. It was like the bare minimum. Um, But it's, it was nice because like I said, it was extremely liberating and kind of forces you to live more authentically versus kind of hiding behind those things. If that makes sense. I don't know. It was just, it was nice to not have to worry about that stuff. Um, and it really does when you come back really makes you realize like, God, we just worry about so many unnecessary and petty things that we don't need to. um, And then another thing i think is that it really solo travel really reinforced that time is precious and it really energized me to not waste it um and you know i definitely have my days where i'm not making the most of my time but it just really kind of helps remind you of that that there's so much out there in the world um you know it was such a great opportunity for me to remember to appreciate the small things and the small moments. And God, I really appreciated the people that I had the privilege and the opportunity of meeting and crossing paths with. I met so many awesome people. You know, I think I got stuck, a bit stuck living in LA, um, living a certain lifestyle, if you will, for several years, doing the same thing, filling my time and my weekends with the same shit. It was fun at the time, but not much to show for it in the end, you know? Um, so that trip really reinforced how I want to live my life and the kind of people and individuals that, that I want to surround myself with, um, kind of energy that I want to surround myself with and the energy that I want to put out there. You know, I want to fill my life and my time with memories and I want to try new things. I want to take risks. Sometimes I'm going to fail, but I'm going to learn from them. And that's experience. It's life. You know, I want to get outside my comfort zone and I want to go after what's what's on my bucket list. I want to spend more time appreciating the small things and the simple joys in life. I want to quench my curiosity for, for learning and for exploring. And yeah, this trip just really, I, I had the privilege of meeting so many other people who shared that mindset and this hunger for life beyond what I think a lot of people end up confining themselves to. Um, so it was really energizing and extremely inspiring to, to cross paths with people and make friends who I still am in touch with to this day and probably will be for life, um, who shared that love and that passion for exploring. Uh, I think that just sort of kicked off the theme, you know, for 2020 for me. And yeah,
0: it's fantastic. And I relate to so much of that, especially the people you meet. You're like, wow! These are my people. They're doing the same thing that I want to do as yeah. well. And when you can travel a week out of one suitcase, and you know maybe wear the same shirt twice, and then you wear, <laughs> go out, and you you think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna wear the same shirt twice. Everybody's gonna know. And you realize that when you do it, nobody knows, nobody cares. So then it kind of sure. teaches you. I guess it's okay. I don't. I can. I can do that. And then you come back home, and you can, you start becoming a minimalist because you don't need all this stuff. So it yeah it has changed in in so many ways. Probably the most common question. That I get about solo travel for me, but especially for you, probably got have it many times before the trip, off the trip, during the trip. And it is the most important aspect, especially for women, safety. So, so what were some of your concerns yeah. that you had? And then first of all, did, did you feel safe the entire time?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And mm-hmm. so, as I mentioned earlier, that was the number one concern by mm-hmm. my parents. Um, so it was something that was, they were very, they were worried about going into it. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say that I was worried going into it. I was conscious of what was going on in the area and historically what has been something that solo travelers have had to be cognizant about, but it just wasn't something that I went into the trip worrying about. Um, you know, I took my precautions. My my parents had my full itinerary where I was going, how I was getting to places, contact information of the, the different accommodations I was staying at. I also had an international SIM card for my phone. So, I mean, I was really reachable (laughs) Mm 24-7 unless I didn't have service. I I was completely reachable. I was checking in every day. I also, (laughs) this was a last minute um, decision by my mom. She got me a GPS tracking device. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called a spot, but basically it pings your GPS location. You know, you can change the settings, but it pings your location so that people can find you via, you know, it doesn't work off a regular cell phone data or whatever it just works off gps um so that helped my mom feel a little bit like you know more at at ease
0: most of the time it seems like it is assuaging everybody else's concerns as far as instead of your own
1: exactly yeah and and i knew i knew it was rough on them i wanted to be mindful of them that they were you know yes i was 30 but i was still their little girl going overseas for a month um, by myself so i wanted to make sure that they felt safe um myself personally i felt completely safe. Um, I never once felt a weird intuition or a weird feeling or creepy vibes. I never, I can honestly say that to you. And I'm fortunate. Maybe I just, you know, I had good luck, but I did not ever once feel safe. Um, Everyone, sorry, the dog is going crazy. Uh, Everyone in the Philippines that I came across, all the locals were extremely friendly. They were super kind. They would go out of their way to help. You know, everyone spoke English, which was Useful. That's your dog? Stop it. Uh, it's my roommate's dog. She's oh. chasing her tail right now. <laughs> She's getting a little restless. Um, and honestly, I just, I don't know how else to describe it other than I sensed a real sincerity about the pe- everyone that I came across. The locals truly wanted to help you, you know, whether it was just getting you what you needed or wanted or getting you to where you needed to go. They were truly just so kind. Um, you know, added to that tourism is the number one, uh, source of, you know, for, you know, economical income for them. Like they, they're not not,
0: about to ruin it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like everyone there is trying to help you out. Um, you know, (laughs) I have a a few funny stories like day one, when I got to, um, the first destination I went to was Coron which is an Island in the Palawan area. And first thing I did, because I got there at like seven a.m., the first thing I did was check into my hostel, and then I went out to the harbor, and I just on a whim decided to hire a private boat. Um, I think for like this so whole cool. day, it Love. was about seventy dollars, and I'm not kidding you—like a fully chartered boat to myself. They make you lunch, snacks, everything, and they take you around to all these different, like little islands and swimming spots. Um, so I did that on a whim. I did, you know, definitely have a thought when I was on there. I was like, okay, I've hired this. There's two men on here with me. Uh,
0: GPS, are you like, working?
1: <laughs> there's no stopping, you know, something bad were to happen. But it was fine. And they were just so friendly. And it was awesome to get to know the locals. Um, something I don't think I've told my mom to this day <laughs> is that, you know, there's two ways of getting around um, as, the, as a tourist you're either flagging down a tricycle which is very similar to like a tuk tuk in thailand yeah. um, you know it's like a it's like a, a moped or a motorcycle yeah. with like a this metal thing attached to it so that passengers can sit um anyways so you're flagging those down to get around and they're taking you places um the other way is that you can just flag guys down who are driving their motorcycles around and usually there was uh more of those readily available than the tricycles especially like late at night and stuff. So yeah, I would say the most risky thing I did was many times jumping on the back of a stranger's motorcycle. Does I mean, mom know
0: about this? Does mom know about the motorcycles too? I don't, know
1: about, I don't think mom knows about this.
0: Well, I know she's listening. So, uh,
1: Yeah, I will say I, I made sure my GPS spot was working and I had my phone in my hand uh, for those instances. But, you know, I got around just fine. And like I said, they just were concerned about getting you to whatever, wherever you needed to go and all was good. Um, but other than that, no, I never felt. I, I fortunately, I never felt unsafe.
0: Were you um, open in the fact that you were by yourself? Did you tell other people you were around? Because I know that one common tactic to lessen being noticeable is saying, "Oh, you know, I'm meeting friends," or "My husband's on his way," or whatever it may be.
1: I did. I did use that actually a mm-hmm. few different times when I was in situations alone. Um, I used that, actually dropped that kind of story when I was on the boat that first day, I was talking about how I had a friend meeting up with me mm-hmm. um, and I used it a couple other times where I was um, alone or I, I had hired a tricycle driver to you know take me to a beach that was an hour away. Um, I used things like that just to, to not put it out there that I was alone, yeah.
0: Utopically and also health wise, once you're fully recovered, and in a utopic situation where the pandemic is magically gone what are you daydreaming about what's the next solo trip that you're you're plotting and scheming because i know you've got one already i know you're already planning one in your mind
1: well gosh i mean we talked about this in the last episode i was on like where do i not want to go yeah. that
0: <laughs> well okay let me let me see if is there does the fact of doing something solo change your mind for instance for me I tend to want to go to atypical places by myself because finding someone to go with me to Poland is a lot harder than it is to find someone to go with me to Italy. So when it comes to Italian trips, I think, Oh, I've got my whole life. I can do that with anybody. But if I want to go to Russia or Egypt, something a little, little less common, those are the ones I do by myself. So for you, are there anyone specifically that you want to do solo?
1: Goodness. I, I, I would, I would go back to Europe solo. Um, I'm pretty familiar with Europe, Western Europe, and especially Italy. I love Italy. I actually could see myself living there one day. Um, I would definitely go back there solo. I just think there's so much charm and history and just so much culture um, to so many countries around there that I would get on just fine by myself. I think that there's a lot of trips I want to go on, but I I would love to go with a friend or a partner. Um, I think it's definitely it's fun to have someone there to do things with. And I think having like one person is um, you know, that happy medium between solo traveling and then having to worry about too many people. So um, I think I've told you, I've i really, really do want to go back to Southeast Asia and I want to go around to Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia. But again, I would love to have someone, there to travel with. Um, So purely solo, I I could see myself, um, I guess, a little bit more locally going around and doing a trip to some national parks. That was something that I had been wanting to do in the summer. Um, I've always had this bucket list item to go van camping. So rent one of those sprinter vans and go around and yeah, just kind of road trip around to different national parks um, along the West coast. And if I'm feeling really adventurous, like maybe even, you know, up, up over a little bit. um, I, that's something that I could definitely see myself doing because let's be honest, sharing a space as small as a sprinter van with another person (laughs) would get old pretty quickly. Um, but that's something that would be pretty rad to do. Uh, yeah, I like camping and, um, there's a lot of that along the West coast and even in the desert, Joshua tree would be awesome. Um, yeah, I will say this, you know, something and something I, maybe this should have been in the, what did I learn section while I loved the trip? I came at, it came at the right time in my life, I think. And I got so much out of it. I think going forward, I don't know if I would go for that long, again, by myself. Um, I think something more like a week is more reasonable, but to go, I mean, I was gone for four weeks and then one of the weeks I was, I was around people in Australia. So three weeks really by myself. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. I think going forward, I would probably shorten that up or break it up, like maybe do some solo travel and meet up with a friend or yeah. something like that.
0: I tell you, I do so much when I'm by myself. Like I do so much, my yeah. days are filled. You've been to Europe, so when you're looking at the Mona Lisa or whatever piece of art, right, you stand in front of it. And if you're with someone else, you feel like you got to keep looking at it. You're like, How long do I have to look at this <laughs> art for? But when you're by yourself, you're like, Saw it, on to the next. Right. And so my days are filled so with so much activity that I get so tired by the end yeah. that I can't go for long durations. I'm a big advocate for Soul Child for everybody. And I always hear people say, Well, you know, I can't go because of, I'm married, I have kids, et cetera. But you mentioned doing short local trips, and I think that's why it's beneficial to everybody. Everybody, Even if it's just a short two-hour trip, go get away, get some yeah, time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Goodness, even like just a weekend staycation or something with some alone time is great.
0: Favorite book you've read over the last year?
1: Oh, goodness. That's a tough question for me. Um, I, I probably have a couple because I, I love fiction and nonfiction. Um, one of the books... I guess, nonfiction that stood out to me recently. I have really gotten into reading books about like the CIA and FBI. Um,
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: So this book that I read, it was called.
0: Look at at the book I'm currently reading.
1: The Spy and the Traitor. Okay. Is it fiction (laughs) or nonfiction? It's
0: non, but it's about a KGB spy that was in England. He got tipped off by a CIA guy and it was.
1: Oh my God. That is is so funny.
0: Yeah, that's really fun. He just released a new book about – uh, he's like, that's all he writes about is spies. So I just found him recently. I'm okay. Ben McIntyre, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've always I've always had an interest in learning about um, intelligence. And yeah, just I've, in the past year I've been on this kick where I've just been reading a lot of books about, um, uh, you know, retired individuals who worked for the CIA or the FBI. And they worked in different – under different, you know – Areas in the CIA. Some of them are in the clandestine service, which is like the spy, spy part of it. And then there's like foreign intelligence, counterterrorism, that kind of stuff. So the the book that kicked that off is called The Unexpected Spy. Um, that one is by oh gosh, what was her name? It was by a woman who I think her name is Tracy Tracy Walter. All right, she basically was so she was recruited into the CIA out of college. She was a sorority girl at, um, I believe it was USC, and um,
0: added it to my list. It's
1: yeah. about her journey of how she spent, you know, several years at the CIA's counterterrorism center doing foreign intelligence. Then um, she was a special agent at the FBI um, in, in counterintelligence as well. But super interesting from a female perspective, um, and I've always I've always had an interest in that kind of stuff. So. That's one of the more definitely interesting unexpected books that I've read recently. Um, Another, (laughs) this is so funny. Another book I've been reading, or books I've been reading, they're actually not maybe not that interesting picks, but I've been reading books on just general U.S. history and um, ancient world civilization history. Um, I was never a big history buff growing up. Me neither. And just recently, I've just had this interest i just want to know more about the world and the history of the world so i've been reading they're like textbooks (laughs) of us history and world history um which some people may find you know just pains painfully dry but i find it really interesting i i do like a lot of um, a lot of books that i read i do enjoy reading about things that take place in world war ii
0: yeah Um, i like you know what it is chelsea it's the same part of your DNA that likes travel likes excitement is what yeah. it is Is why you like spies and stuff. Cause literally the other day I texted someone, I said, is there any way I can apply to be a spy? That was my question. <laughs> Cause it's just like, I want that life of excitement.
1: I, I, I can one up that. I seriously looked at how I could go about getting an intelligence job, you know, at this point in life, like what yeah. I would, what are my options? What are my different routes? If I wanted to go intelligence with like Homeland security or FBI or CIA or whatever it is I'd like seriously looked into that um, to the point where I was even looking at are there like there's options of joining the military and going that route I'm not going that way but it was just very it was interesting um, and uh, just to come back to the question about the book I actually did just order a book I haven't read it yet but you'll find it's interesting because it kind of ties in the this Wild skydiving, love uh, as well. So, there's uh, there there was a group called the Night Witches. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Mm. They were basically these female Russian female pilots mm. who bombed Nazis at the night or at night in during World War Two. Basically, these women, these pilots. It was a bare bones. You know, uh, I think there was like there weren't a lot of them. There was like one regime of them, but, um, they, yeah, they flew at night in really crappy rinky dink planes, plywood biplanes, like not even the nice planes. So they were completely exposed to the elements. They're flying in sub zero degree temperatures, um, with the most basic tools and instruments. They didn't have all the fancy stuff that the men got, but they would fly high above the Nazis and they would turn off their engines because they were the planes were quite loud, yeah. um, and they would fly down and glide, and they would drop the bombs because they would get uh, so turning off the engines allowed them to get closer to the opposition and drop their bombs. Um, so, anyways, I just found that so fascinating. Yeah, um, and there's several books. It's a ve- it's a very little known. What's the story. one you ordered?
0: What's the one you I- ordered?
1: The one I ordered was, it's called The Huntress. Um, So it is actually, it's like a fictional book story based on the idea of the Night Witches. Um, You know, the author,
0: was it by Kate Quinn?
1: Yeah, by Kate Quinn. And they were so highly feared by the Nazis and the Germans, like, because they were so successful. Are you by any chance a fan of the TV show, The Crown?
0: Yeah, I have not seen the new season though.
1: Okay. I I just binged that in the past couple months from the beginning. And I, Mm -hmm. I love... Learning about um, British history yeah. and monarchy and the, the House of Windsor and yeah. all that good stuff. So that was I really enjoyed that.
0: When I watched that, kind of the same thing. You're, you learn stuff. You're like, I had no clue there was a yeah. a oh, coal like the 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 coal slide in the
1: yeah. in in uh, was it Wales? Yeah. Or, but what's yeah. What's
0: interesting? I had the one advantage I have advantage I have about it is my mom's from england so when right. i read about that i called her up and i go wait what happened there was a coal slide she goes oh yeah it happened yeah it was she knows like every all this yeah. stuff like it's natural and, like stuff that the she... fog the, the fog that happened yeah. when it killed people and
1: exactly there's so much stuff that i learned that i had no idea about
0: is the new season good
1: um yes it is i i finished it pretty quick i mean i also am a big princess diana fan so okay. uh, well, i'm
0: more of a princess margaret fan she was so damn cool and like the oh yeah <laughs>
1: I didn't know about her. Her freaking life either. is so fucking impressing. Like I feel for the woman. Well, thank you yeah, so much. Again,
0: we're still oh, talking now half no, later. I love it. No, no, no. You didn't take it. These Listen, this is this is um, you know, the sociologist to me. This is how I want to spend every day of my life, honestly. Yeah. Having conversations like this.
1: You have a knack and a gift for um, you know, finding and drawing out these interesting stories. Um, and and sharing those with with people with listeners. So keep doing what you're doing.
0: Keep doing what you're I've, doing. You inspire me as well.
1: So. <laughs> Likewise.
0: Skydiving's yeah. still on my brain. It's still one of the two. Again, so it's.
1: We'll work on that more long term. <laughs> ah, Chelsea, yeah.
0: you're the best. I'm indebted. I'm, I'm, I'm honored <laughs> to have you on the show. I know we'll talk soon. I know we'll talk soon. But thanks.
1: Thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of your night. And uh, I can't wait to to dive into these resources. You've passed my way. All right. Take care. So good chatting with you again and uh, talk soon.
0: Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Chelsea Yang. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram and wish her happy birthday. She just had a birthday last week. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.